Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 86, We Said He'd Never Make It. My name's Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I thought I'd just mix that up. Mm. You know, give you a mister. Why the hell not? Mm. Speaking so of misters... No, no Don Adams, Maxwell Smart reference? Uh, no, no Don Adams, Maxwell Smart uh, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, 86. I, you know what? I, I'm just so completely full of information about Eddie Maguire ah, at the moment. right, right. Eddie Overload. And that all I can think about is this week really is all about Eddie mm. and how right we were and how wrong <laughs> PBL was to put him into, into that place. I, I think uh, Channel 9 can only be better for not having... Eddie is CEO. You know, I don't, I don't want to, you know, take any sides. <laughs> sure. I'll sit on the fence. No, I won't. Eddie Maguire should never have been in charge of that network. And they replaced him with an inanimate carbon rod or <laughs> carbon rob, as I wrote on the website. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't work out what a carbon rob was. Yeah, I think. I forget a few spelling errors in there just to keep you all on your toes. <laughs> and on my toes I've been ever since I read that. Can I get off them now, please? Yeah. yeah. Please. So, yeah, big week, obviously, Eddie Maguire. We're actually not going to cover off on that too much because the rest of the media has done it for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're unaware of what's happened with Eddie Maguire, really, Google News Eddie Maguire and you'll see everything from the last week about mm-hmm. how he is no longer... CEO and also Crikey have uh, have a great little recap on everything that they hated about <laughs> Maguire being head of nine. So uh, check out crikey.com today if you and want that sort Brett of stuff. Missed the opportunity, the one week he hasn't outright suggested that Eddie's in trouble and there's some sort of rumours that he's going to get I'd, canned. I'd let that go some time ago. Uh, I didn't ask Tom Elliott about it because I knew that I would just get poo-pooed by you guys on air <laughs> once again. Well, the funny thing was, when we both went to ask the question at the same time, I was going to ask the question for you. I was going to ask if Eddie's in trouble, but you went on a tangent with a slightly different Eddie question. I think it was something like... Uh, I can't remember. Some, some any question, and I was right. surprised Brett's, that you didn't do it. And then, yeah, Brett's going to make up for it this week because he's uh, he's got some news about uh, football television rights. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's fine. Also, yes, coming up- Jessica's, Jessica Rose just signed up with uh, the Richmond Tigers. <laughs> Uh, also coming up in this episode of Box Cutters, we've got Marie Hardy coming in. Fantastic. I'm sure she will be interesting as always. She generally is. Mm. So I look forward to that. We've also got an I Don't Buy It. We look more into the golden age of television. Finally, Letters to Box Cutters returns. Going to finish it off with pork. Unless we you know, run over with Marie and have to cut back the episode a little. You think that couldn't happen? Uh, we, I think we've got to stop this pattern of promising and then taking away. Yeah, we we'll, will, be, we'll be we'll be post teases. Okay, yeah. okay, we promise there will be letters to box cutters. Everything else will happen very quickly. Right now, let's kick it off as we always do with the box cutters news.
And first with the story, Brett Cropley. <laughs> uh, Channel 9's much-loved Dotty logo has returned to the network, albeit only in promos at this stage. It has. Oh. It's, and it's not just... Yes. I'm, I'm holding up a yes. picture here. Yes, video podcasters will oh, be able to watch it's that. It's in a cube. It's in a cube that rotates. I saw that tonight. In a cube. Yep. Does that mean that they're going to change to to be uh, Channel Fifty Four? You know what? <laughs> you know what I took it as. I took it as. You know how the nine logo with the dots just disappeared suddenly. I took it as it got trapped in that thing, like in Superman. Oh, the, the, banish, the yeah, banishment thing. In that yeah, kind yeah. of thing that they get sent out into space, and then when he throws the Eiffel Tower up into the air and blows it up in two, they escape from that. I thought the, the nine had been lost in that for some time. And, and, and now, it's just returned to Earth. Oh, oh. Set, set to cause all sorts of destruction. Yeah, I think so. That is exciting. Why, why is it back? No idea. We've we've just seen it. There's been no reporting or or talk about. Maybe Eddie's gone. Time for the balls to come back. <laughs> really? Channel Nine's got its balls back since Eddie McGuire's <laughs> left. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Can you put that picture up on the uh, on the blog? I that, definitely shall. For those so, not so that's watching a, the video podcast. So that's a you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, I definitely did. Because mm. I don't watch Channel 9. <laughs> there's, there's nothing on that. Hey, uh, City Homicide, which uh, Channel 7, we've been talking about a, a little bit. Channel 7 are going to air that later on this year. They've, Basically, Blue Heelers comes to uh, to um, um, Russell Street. And Russell Street in Melbourne and deals entirely with death. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, that's going to be coming on uh, Channel 7 later on this year. They've signed a deal with Southern Star to distribute that. Mm. Not exciting news. But news. Uh, when when I read the headline, it was Southern Star steals homicide from Seven, and then there was nothing about a, you know a bidding war for distribution, nothing like that. Mm. I think they were really just trying to sex up the story. Well, in connected news, Channel Seven now have a big stake in Band of Brothers. No, uh, no, no, the sequel, the, the, Pacific. the Pacific, the Pacific, the sequel to Band of Brothers. They've uh, they're in for. I'm sure Brett will be able to give me the exact figure, but some. Multi-million dollar, forty million or something. Uh, the production cost is one hundred and fifty million dollars on the miniseries, and uh, I think seven release. seven are in for forty million or something. Well, similar. and they're they're uh, providing the Dockland Studios in Melbourne to uh, to film a lot of the uh, interior stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure will also help with uh, the. Uh, the filming in uh, Queensland and New South Wales. And, and just from uh, news around the industry, what I've heard, uh, because there's there's a bonanza of jobs down there, but apparently the jobs are all on AWAs and people are actually getting quite screwed over with the rates. Mm. Well, that's, mm. you know... <laughs> you know, I can't, even, I can't even start talking about that because I'm just going to get so angry. <laughs> and especially because I've been watching... Uh, Bastard Boys, which we didn't even talk about last week, yep. but uh, I, I managed to, to tape it on VHS. Old school. Look out. I was half and half. <laughs> Sunday night VHS, Monday night PVR. And uh, it's, it, he, he he likes to, to, you know, see how it looks in both both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, 
So, so I'm getting so angry and realizing how far back in time my anger with this government goes. Mm. So if I start talking about AWAs and uh, an Australian production getting screwed over for, for those, I mean, the thing is... Don't get angry. It's okay. Just, just, just relax. It's we're, okay. We're in a situation where people need the work and can't afford to say, well, no, we're not going to work for this huge production that would look really, really good on our CVs. Uh, it, it's only, you know, it's only a few weeks out of the year, uh, but it is work. Yep. And, uh, and you know, if you put, well, we worked on the Tom Hanks, Spiel, Steven Spielberg production, The Pacific, that's always going to look good for you. Uh, and hopefully there'll be a chance to, uh, to increase wages and conditions a, a little bit later on. Plus, I think my understanding with Channel 7 is that uh, as well as being in for a big slice of it, they're allowed to screen it the same day as it screens on HBO in the States, oh, which, is a, which is a good, uh, good result for Channel except 7. With so, ads. Which would, mm. uh, would, does that mean it'll be ahead of the US premiere? Because we we geographically are ahead in time zones. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just know that they're able to the the press release I read said they're able to screen it on the same day. Yeah, and what does it mean it's going to be Monday night because that's after the US Sunday night? I mean, who they they may not even do it. They may not even choose to do it, but they they can do it. It'll be part of Channel 7's Walk and Be Beautiful Sunday. I think that's, <laughs> that's how that's going to work up. Uh, the Flight of the Concords, the New Zealand comedy group. Quite funny. Very uh, clever. Yeah, yeah, they're all right. Yeah. They sh- can't complain. I mean, I could, but don't mind complaining about the government, so let's move on. The uh, We announced a while ago that they are doing a series with HBO over in the States. Uh, it's going to be several half-hour uh, episodes, I think, with a live studio audience. And uh, the pilot is going to be made available on the HBO website up until June 17th. So you'll probably need a Brett's special fancy to have a look at that, but uh, might be worth seeing what that's going to look like. I, I'm mm. really interested to see what sort of concept they came up with because essentially uh, the two of them just sang funny songs. Uh, and I, I wonder if they'll be able to do something as good as The Boosh did uh, with with their UK TV series, or if they're just going to do songs in front of an audience for several episodes. I I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see. Speaking of The Boosh, uh, apparently filming Series 3 currently, and that will be on, uh, uh, who knows when it'll be on SBS, but it'll be on BBC later this year. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Because that is an excellent show, mm. an absolutely excellent show. Brett, have you got anything else? Yes, uh, Neighbours has uh, been dropped off the BBC in the UK um, after quite tense negotiations. Uh, I actually read about this last week, but uh, elected not to mention anything about it. Uh, the production company were, were upping the price quite dramatically. I think. Free, Fremantle, uh, who bought out Grundy's, uh, were yeah asking for huge amounts of money and the BBC and ITV were both bidding for it the interesting thing there being that ITV is owned by the same parent company that Fremantle is is owned by uh, and i think everything is owned by one human i think if we if we just follow that back uh, everything's owned by one human and that one human is owned by some alien superpower uh, cuz that's the way 
things seem to be. But, but you also, might be surprised to hear that Britain's Channel 5 has agreed to pay $720 million over eight years to run uh, the show on their channel. I think it was something like £300 million. Is it still that successful over there? Well, uh, it has an audience of 5.6 million each day in Britain. Which is not huge when you've got a, a country of are, are they, are 100 they, billion people. Are they still I think it's about 96 million twice a day. Because uh, I wonder if that's cumulative audience. No, they actually changed that uh, in recent years because okay. they did count them separately. Yep. Um, and just uh, in the last three or four years, they've... they've uh, Cut that out. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it's, only, it's only airing once on the BBC, but now it's going to air on Channel 5. No, no, I think it has still been airing twice, but they're not getting counted twice. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I wonder if Channel 5 are, are going to continue on with that. This is, I mean, it's big news because the BBC has been showing Neighbours for 21 years. And as such, I think along with Home and Away uh, is the most successful Australian export. Uh, that we have, and and this, I mean, three hundred million pounds is just extraordinary. I think any clearly, TV... clearly, they haven't seen Neighbours recently. <laughs> Neighbours is absolute shit. What? It is absolute. Even, I mean, it 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 makes Home and Away look good, and Home and Away is terrible. But well, Neighbours is so Sky's in jail at the moment, apparently, and uh, and Deirdre is laughing about this. Even Deirdre has gone off Neighbours, and she she you know I thought she was going to watch that until her death, uh, but uh, apparently you know yeah Sky's in jail because that's what you do on these shows. Need a bit of tension. Nothing's going on. Hey, let's put a person in jail. And so they have a jail on Ramsey Street? I believe so. Right, that's, yeah, that's very convenient. I, I believe so. The developers came in and uh, yeah. things have changed quite a bit. Um, Fremantle Media are uh, committing to uh, actually make changes to the show with the cash injection um, to reinvigorate its presence on the 10 network. Um, including a wholesale renovation of sets where they'll build the jail, uh, <laughs> plot lines and cast members in a bid to claw back its share of audiences. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing if Fremantle do actually spend this money on Neighbours or if they just go and spend the, the money on all the other productions that they've got. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they own American Idol, for example. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got some huge productions. But... I mean, they've got a whole lot of new characters in Neighbours in the last sort of three or four months, and that was another revamp to try and claw back the audience and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've heard it all before. Neighbours should just go, surely. They're also talking about bringing in new graphics and uh, opening titles, and also shooting in high def. Yeah, see, none of that is going to make it any better. I mean, the thing is, Neighbours has, you know, for the most part, run its course. Mm. Now, unless but they can, unless they can a, do a, an All Saints on it, and completely, completely reinvent it uh, in a, a smooth transition like All Saints did, and keep the audience that they had, and build new audience on top of that, I don't see how. I mean, it's, it, I think in Australia, especially, it's got too much stigma attached. Uh, in the UK, it doesn't have it doesn't have that stigma. Mm. Uh, but but I mean yeah I guess we're saying it's past it and whatever but how much did it just get bought yeah, for? Yeah, three hundred million. I mean clearly so it's... clearly it's not. And and I 
I'm not saying that it's past it. And I think it's actually an important part of the local drama uh, industry because it actually gives young writers and, and producers the chance to, and, to find their feet. And actors. I mean, and, and Harold yeah. and Toadie. Uh, yeah. and, and move on to bigger and better and, and uh, more worthy productions. Well, that's it. it, it is, if it only is, we had bigger and better and more worthy productions, that would be perfect. <laughs> it, is, it is a fantastic <laughs> launching board to nothing. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Your springboard to zero. <laughs> over, over to Hollywood? Uh, that's, that's true. One actor from Neighbours is, has made it in Hollywood. Oh, no, there, there are a few. A few. A few no, there have are gone few. over there. There are a few. There are a few. Holly Valance? Mm-hmm. She's over there at the moment. <laughs> it she's, doesn't count people who are just there on a holiday. She's, <laughs> she's doing she's doing dodgy accents on Prison Break. Yeah, that's Come true. Come on. That's true. Come on, that's two. Was What's that's, Her Face from Bardo in Neighbours ever? Who's now big over in the States? I don't I don't think she was. But, I mean, if you go back a bit further, Guy Pearce, Russell Crowe. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's Colin uh, Minogue. Mm. Who? Jason Donovan. Mm. Never heard of them. Natalie Imbuglia. Anyway, in... Uh, in in the the theory that if we get out of this quickly, we will still have time for letters to box cutters. Mm-hmm. That's my main aim in this week's show. Mm-hmm. Get out of things early. Make sure there's time for letters to box cutters. That is the box cutters news. And joining us now at the box cutters microphone with her full street talk vernacular. Marie Hardy. Ooh. Ah. I think you're selling her a bit short there, yeah, Josh. Yeah, you're selling me short, Josh. Marie Hardy, in just a few short paragraphs, you have captured all that is wrong and right with quiz shows. Better still, you have accomplished what very few journalists have the ability to do, make me laugh out loud and thump the table with pure, unadulterated joy. Lolling. And thumping. Are you going to read a horrible one? And there's one? more. Yeah, go and read a bad one. Uh, her slant on many ridiculous programs on TV is hilarious. She says what we're all oh, thinking. I, <laughs> I love that one. I, I I've met you a one. handful of times, Marek, and without doubt you're a lovely young lady, but oh. I wouldn't have thought that you would have been the voice of a generation, particularly not the voice of the Green Guide letter-writing <laughs> set generation. What are you saying? Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a I huge... I go there, man. <laughs> I go there. I can't believe you didn't read the, the last one. Usually my editor at the Green Guide, God bless her, will say, if there's something completely horrible that they're going to print, she'll show me beforehand so I don't wake up with this and go, ha, ha. But um, there was one last week which she sent to me and the guy was that I'd resorted to court... Uh, Coarse, coarse street language. Coarse street language. That's, that's yes. what I was. Uh... And he spelt coarse wrong when he said it to me. <laughs> oh, so no. I was just like, you know, look at who's pointing the finger about language. And apparently, terrible. you don't want your job at the Green Guard, according no. to him. Well, you know, <laughs> it's terrible though because I, I mean, I much, I enjoy writing the columns more, which I think is quite obvious when I, I don't like something. And I mean, I try not to just slate things and be, yeah, an asshole, yeah. so to speak. But um, well, it was all positive letters until. You said that you liked Family Guy, and then I noticed that the letters have gone down a little. Yeah. That was uh, what are you saying, Family Guy over the Simpsons? That actually, because I've got an email address attached to the column as well, and a lot of people write, and it's sort of you know, I very rarely get people writing horrible things, which is nice. You've been to Irwin fans, all oh, they were cross, and um, you're half the woman been to Irwin is. They were ropeable. Um, but, yeah, the Simpsons versus Family Guy 1 generated the most emails and almost, I'd say, 
90% of them were, yes, you're right, Simpsons wow. is tired, Family Guy is the way to go. Wow. Actually, since you were last here, we've had a, a, a Family Guy South Park face-off uh, on the blogs. Who with won? the reams of, of writing for those. Um, the, there, there are no winners no, or yeah. losers in, in a fight like that. <laughs> there, Actually, there is only, there's only truth and knowledge. Oh, it turned into... And, and the truth is that people who like South Park and don't like Family Guy are better than those who like both. <laughs> but it actually turned into a treatise on the evils of South Park and how it's a right-wing uh, conspiracy Oh, they're, they're like the Vice, the Vice magazine theory as well, is that it's actually run by and Suicide Girls, or those that are actually run by some gun-toting conservative guy in Alabama <laughs> that's trying to indoctrinate. Yeah, poo-pooing Al Gore. And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And um, just doing it insidiously. But I've, um, I've actually been watching, you know, a bit of Family Guy stuff on YouTube, and it's still... It, it does make me actually belly laugh out loud, which, yeah. I mean, The Simpsons I can appreciate for its cleverness and I think it's a great, you know, family show and obviously it's the benchmark and it's set the pace and all those nice things that you have to say about The Simpsons, but Family Guy is just so deliciously wrong. Because I think you and Brett have that strong connection with Family Guy. For, for people like Josh and I, we just don't get it. Yeah. You don't get Family Guy. I don't get Christina it. Aguilera. So <laughs> I do understand what it's like to not have that magic eye moment. Wait, wait, wait. I don't get Christina Aguilera either. Oh, no. I don't get it at all. But see, I like some crap music. I yeah, don't mind yeah. that she's crap, but I just don't. I mean, I like Brit- some Britney Spears stuff. Christina yeah. Aguilera, I don't get to like... <laughs> Perplexing. She's dirty. She's Utterly dirty. Perplexing. Yes. Just those chaps. I wish no, but the chaps were still but that, that must be exactly what it's like because we've both watched, Ross and I have both watched Family Guy episodes uh, to our, you know, great end of life disappointment, I'm sure. You know, we'll get to our deathbed and go, if only I didn't waste those minutes watching <laughs> Family Wow, Guy. that bad. But, really yeah, that bad. I just really. think that shows that you're just not intelligent. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I know I'm not a doctor or anything, so I can't actually diagnose medically, but I think you have some brain issues. Problems. I just yeah. put those together. But yeah, now that's it makes what so it much is. sense. Yeah, you well, see, because I mean, we I've... think the same of you. Yeah. Really? Because well, if you I've like got family medical guy, degrees on the internet, got... so, you know. <laughs> so you're stupid. The, the, whole, the whole idea that, that Ross and I have behind Family Guy is that, you know, people who, who love the whole, look at the monkey. Uh, s- scenario. Where? See? Where? See? <laughs> I don't understand. What's the look at the monkey scenario? It's, family Guy is nothing but a series of, just, of distractions. That, uh, there's, that there's, there's. Whereas, you know, they never actually get to the joke. It's just distraction it's, plus it's, distraction it's plus the, distraction. Oh, it's just it's the such all great you can eat. pop culture references. It's the all it's you just... can eat of television. Just more and more jokes crammed oh, in. What's wrong with that? Well, they're not funny. More, more laughs? Well, put that down. <laughs> Forget about yeah, but if, it. If, I, but I, he, I don't understand that you don't you don't find it funny, and I mean I don't. It's not a deal breaker. Like the friendship's not over or anything like oh, that. Good. I don't. You know, if you were to, came in here saying John Howard Wahoo, I might have to leave the room. Yeah, that's but, that's not going to happen. But you know, Family Guy for me. I mean, I just I appreciate that we all have our differences. Yeah, I think that's. Do you want to hug? Sure. Let's hold hands <laughs> sure. instead because I can't hug. Okay, oh, okay, speaking okay, of uh, speaking of John Howard, yes. I just quickly want to ask you: Did you see the? Uh, the thing we've got a link to it on our website now, but the uh, McLeod's daughters last week went political. Did you see that? No, someone's told me about. It. Well, I heard mm. vague mumblings. So tell yeah. me. Well, it's it's very anti-work choices, and basically somebody's working in a mechanics shop, and the boss comes in and says, "We're getting rid of you, and I'm going to hire you back at a much reduced <laughs> rate." And the person says, "What? You can't do that." He yes, I can. His moustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can uh, under these new work changes agreement. Now, I just want to ask you as a writer, Cheeky. 
how would you be tempted? You've written shows. Never. Obviously not McLeod's never, daughters. Never do that. I, I mean, I find it... Obviously, I mean, I'm so openly a left winger, but I don't, I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it's a positive thing to try no. and stamp my political beliefs all over drama, particularly Last Man Standing. I was very conscious about. I mean, in my head, they're all lefties, you know, <laughs> all the characters were lefties, but I would, I would just didn't want to do. I mean, you can make sly little jokes about it, mm. but I just, I just don't think it's for me. It's not the place for it. And there's so many, when you've got people like the Chaser doing this really kind of incisive. That's political humour and saffron. You know, you mm. get people, you've got people in there making the jokes and getting the point across. I just think those sort of things should be escapism, really. Yep. But, um, I mean, I appreciate why they're trying to do it. And, you know, when I wrote for Neighbours, and actually everything I write, I will try and put in private jokes, in jokes, you know, little <laughs> nods to boys that I'm trying to have sex with so that they, you know, sleep with me and all that kind of stuff. But but I just find, I think having someone say boo to the Liberals or something, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, so how do you think it actually made it to the screen? I, I would have thought they'd have, um, unless the producers actually wanted to make that point. Well, well I had a theory that most... Writers do generally tend to be left leaning. Oh yeah, and most creatives. And I think that yeah. the the government has probably done little in the eyes of most writers over the past ten years to to help them out to but give the them serious, any opportunities. But the like, serious producers aren't going to well probably aren't going to be left wingers because they're the money people and they they do all that bizarre. Yeah, but they're still I mean, creative to a degree. And I obviously, mean, you know, as far as storylines go, it it didn't seem to be irrelevant that this guy needs to lose his job. And with the the current climate, it's really easy for him to lose his job that way. So why not just? I mean, it, it is McLeod's daughters we're talking about. It's, they are going to look for easy ways out every now and then. I just, um, I, I think I'd need to see what context it's in because I don't understand if it's just this one scene with this glaringly clunky political reference. It is very All of a sudden, clunky, someone though. goes, mm-hmm. "Work choice is bad." Anyway, let's get on our horses again <laughs> right away. Well, that's the you other know. thing. This is the the one scene in McLeod's Daughters where I see a car and no horses. Yeah, right. It's up on a hoist though. So obviously, it's not like a working horse. It's a car that's yeah, broken. But, but then he gets fired and he gets into that car and drives away. It's, it's so so. It's part of the storyline that he gets fired. But is it? Yeah. So someone says, "Well, thanks to the government's work choices, I can do what I please." Yeah, you know? pr- pretty much. The, the, really? the boss is really kind that's of kind of embarrassing. I think it's a bit mm. embarrassing. I mean, I do obviously. You know, I'm not pro. The government or anything like that, but I I don't know. I think there are better ways to do it, and, yeah. I, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised it got through, and I'm surprised McLeod's is such an inoffensive, non-political, fence-sitting kind of show. Like it's a real crowd pleaser, hallmark. You know, keep the mums happy. Lots of soft focus, women riding around on horses. You know, it's really strange to me that they with, would with have that taken in mind. It. Actually, when I heard there was propaganda on McLeod's daughters, I assumed it was the other way. I assumed it was saying how good work choices yeah. were. Oh, Plus, it's on Channel Nine. Not I mean, when mm. you've got the lefties in the creative yeah. team. I'd be, yeah. yeah, I'd be pretty surprised by that. But it's, yeah. did you see Catherine Devney's piece on McLeod's daughters? And you know, um, she's a television writer for the A2, and I think I actually think she's hilarious. She's pretty rude and all that kind of stuff. And I, I remember reading it a few months ago, going, "God, we write really similar. We're going to cancel <laughs> each other out." So I thought I'd make contact with her and just try and you know be friends rather than be enemies. So we went out and met each other and had dinner and stuff like that. But she wrote this piece on McLeod's daughters, which was amazing, really, really cutting. <clears throat> I think she got a letter from the head of the Screen, Produ- Screen Producers Association of Australia having a go at her 
for having a go at Australian drama. I actually find it much harder to have a go at Australian drama because I'm firstly because I want to help make it, but secondly, it's hard. I mean, I've written for Mac- I wrote an episode of McLeod's, which was a complete disaster. But also, I have to be in plotting meetings with those people, and I just I just don't feel it, it it's right for me to stick the boot in. I mean, if I, I'm something like Australia's Got Talent, which I completely hated, and I'm happy to slate, but I think I I find it harder to take that step and just be openly yep. disdainful, even if there are shows that I don't love. And, and there's enough out there that you're finding to hate, isn't there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you think, but, but also, so do you think if you didn't have that conflict of interest, you'd be a little bit more honest with I you? I don't know. Uh, well, I Victorian mean, I am public? very honest. I mean, something like, uh, I think Tripping Over was something that, that was the first local drama that I tackled on there, and I was really nervous about it because I thought, God, what if I hate it? Um, I'm going to have to say that I hate it, but how do I do that in a delicate way or how do I... And it's not about pulling punches or anything like that or just trying to be friends with everyone. I just think local drama is struggling as it is. It just not, you know, for someone to be in the middle of it and trying to make more and then going, but what's on TV sucks, you know. That doesn't mean that I don't think there should be bad reviews. Obviously, people gave Last Man Standing bad reviews, which I was fine with. But um, tripping over, I was able to just take more of an angle of why it worked, what people wanted to see in Australian drama, how it's confusing for, you know, what people... You know, I wrote about Bastard Boys last week as well I mean I absolutely loved Bastard Boys but it was more about I don't know how well that rated actually I think it only did 900 on the Sunday and it would have dropped on the Monday but um obviously the ABC audience hated up Mm. but um yeah I just I just try and instead of coming out just saying well it sucked you know Try and find a different angle. Mm. Well, you've got a lot of empty space there uh, if you just say it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Oh no. When the when it was National TV Turn Off Week, I did. I actually went. I'm going to put in a blank column. It will be hilarious and postmodern. And my editor said I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe watch Australia's Got Talent. So punishment, indeed. God, that was just so heinous. But that was one of those ones where I thought I think I'm so out of touch with the um to, with the viewing public because. It rates up the wazoo. Well, yeah, and, and they, it takes two now. Second highest rating program for for last week. I mean, yeah. who wants to see losers singing? I mean, seriously. Well, Australian well, Idol, case in point. Lots of people want to see yeah. losers singing. But, um, Pe- people I, love it. People love seeing people sing and dance. They well, always I, have. But the thing is, I watched the f- I, there was a second review I'd written of Australia's Got Talent because I watched one of the first episodes and found it pretty inoffensive. And, I mean, I just don't – I'm not driven to watch those sort of shows, the It Takes Two or Dancing with the Stars. And, all that. and I, it's fine that people watch them, they rate it. It doesn't make me cross or anything like that. It would be worse if they were making just, you know, crappy drama. But – it's it's like you know Swagman Theatre Restaurant. It's got old family entertainment. It's this real. It's this real hark back to old red faces kind of fun time entertainment. But I, when I watched it again, and it was pretty much exactly the same episode, except with a lot more back patting and woohooing. Same Mohammed and his comedy canines. I got. A, I just remembered. I got a hate hate letter about Mohammed and his comedy canines. <laughs> Obviously, someone that knew him or sort of said he's actually performing eight times a week now. And I just thought, oh God, help us all! Mohammed and his comedy canines got a career out of Australia's Got well, Talent. Is he performing or is he exploiting animals eight times a week? Huh? Well, huh? he was like a joke. The, one of the dogs ran off the first time he did it. He was just. It was. Oh God, so. I bet heinous. you the uh, the renter crowd ate it up though. Yeah, because I did actually have rent a crowd. For I the know audience. the professional woohooers yeah. in costumes. So oh, embarrassing! Really? Yeah. Oh, look, I just found that you know when I when I went back there the first time around, I thought fine, do what you want. But then the second time, it was just amped up, and the yeah. acts seemed to be worse. And the gum leaf guy got into the final oh. two. It was just embarrassing. 
Now, Marie, last week yes. on the show, Sorry. Yes. we, we uh, I can't find the article, but we had uh, uh, an article that was in Variety uh, about Foxtel and Foxtel not producing any more uh, or having no more Australian drama scheduled mm. uh, after the brothel show finishes up. Satisfaction. Uh, satisfaction. Uh, and I think it was head of marketing at Foxtel said, you know, it's just a real shame that Australian writers and producers aren't banging down our door to have us produce stuff. We thought, hmm, who do we know? Marie Hardy, why are you not banging down the door? Who do we know with some spare time? What do you think? I'm just, you know, I'm pretty busy. Why are you not banging down the door of Foxtel? Well, I actually, that's funny you should say that. I am actually applying to do something with Foxtel at the moment that I can't talk about. But well, so, um, but so, they are really open. They, they are very open to making new product. And obviously they put a lot of their budget into kind of one particular show, as was the case with Love My Way, which is why mm. you get these amazing looking mm. shows. And, you know, it's working out quite well. For, I'm looking forward to seeing Satisfaction as well. Every Every male actor I know has had a guest role in it doing something incredibly dirty. <laughs> My friend Travis had a guest role and I said, what did you do? Did you, you know, did you have sex? And he said, yes, yes. Because everyone had to, you know, there was a, apparently a mattress in the corner of the audition rooms and, you know, they had to simulate sex. It was quite full on. And he said he went to his audition and all the girls in the cast are really hot and he's like, ring-a-ding-ding, bring it on. <laughs> and he had to, he had to get a, a blowjob from a, a young boy in cricket pads. Oh. <laughs> he just went, yes, I'm going to... Oh, oh. <laughs> He was looking forward to wearing his but, little... But why aren't more producers, why aren't more writers and producers going to Foxtel then? Well, God, I don't know. I mean, you can only ask me and I can say, I don't have the time, I'm trying to generate something. I mean, I went through a period mm. after last been studying when I wasn't working much and my... Um, the girl I write with, Kirsty and I, just came up with about seven different three or four page <laughs> series, some kids, some drama, some comedy, and just thought, oh, we'll just put that out into the world. So we just sort of had a concerted couple of weeks coming up with this sort of little pitch documents. And through that, we got some, um, we did a kid show that got development money through the ACTF, which we did um, a week's workshopping and wrote an episode. And another show um, got seed funding from Film Vic, and then we just got uh, the Television Writers Fellowship from the AFC to develop that further. So you know there are those little three. So that one, I want to get something up with Foxtel as well, but it really is time for me at the yep. moment. But I don't know yep. why other people aren't. You know, mm-hmm. maybe people are just depressed by the state of Australian drama, and so much of it is put up and knocked down. And I'm not speaking about the critics, but I just think there needs to be a change in the way of thinking. And I've said that on here before, just to that archaic version of getting 22 hour-long episodes, yep. Yep. bring it down to six and eight. And yep. I, hopefully people are starting to change their minds about it. But, yep. I mean, I don't know how many episodes City Homicide is, but there's a new show on Channel 7 called um, Pack to the Rafters, which is uh, they're shooting a pilot of, and I'm writing a couple of episodes just in development. But 22 hours, again, I just think... It's that's really scary. That's a, it's, it's a real it's a drain. It's a risk. It's taking a, a too big a risk. I just think with the the tenuous environment for Australian drama at the mm. moment, it's really scary. Now, yeah. is there actually any difference in dealing with Foxtel versus the the uh, free to airs as far as pitching an idea? To well, have, at the no, getting it up? no, I don't think so. At the moment, I don't know. I've met with someone from Foxtel once, and that was a year ago, and that was so we had lunch and talked about verbal pitches, and he said ideas that of mine that he was interested in and so I went away and wrote some up and I think then he went to LA and did something. So one of those, you know, just falls through the cracks. But it was the same as meeting with anyone from a network pretty much. Mm. So, And as a writer, do you, do you feel any difference to getting something up on free-to-wear versus uh, 
versus Cable no. because of the, the reduced audiences. Not at all. I mean, I watched the Graham Kennedy movie last night for the second time because I went to the, um, the premiere premier. as well, yeah. And, I mean, obviously I've got Foxtel, so I will watch these things. But I would love my way of getting a huge audience on DVD. My friend Jen's at home watching it tonight on DVD. You know, it's just that became this huge word of mouth show that everyone went, oh, it's brilliant, it's brilliant, when half the people I know had never seen it. They just trusted that the critics were raving about it, that it kept winning all these awards and Claudia Carvin was in it, which makes yeah. everyone very excited. Hot. But it was a real word of mouth pushing the positive media and everyone went, it just accepted that it was genius before. I mean, it is really good as well. Um, so, oh, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, that, that was, that was to, to a large extent, my point that uh, Foxtel are producing these amazing things. Uh, and despite the fact that people, you know, only a quarter of the population really have access to it when it first airs, there's still the opportunity for people to, to see it later on DVD or uh, yeah, or I have would, tapes, I, you know, lent to them from friends and stuff like that. As a writer, I would I would just feel no different. I mean, you uh, firstly, you just want to get your product made and you just think, I mean, that, you, that's like saying to someone, why would you want to make a short film? It's only going to be in occasional festivals or you, whatever. I just, you know, you want to get your, your, your thing But made. a lot of short filmmakers are, are filmmakers in training and so they, they just use the, the short format before they can be trusted with, a, with enough funding for a feature. But even but, features, but you know, some writer, local features kind of difference. can dribble out after a couple of weeks and stuff like that. You know, I just, I don't think you can say, it's not about an audience. I mean, you can say getting something on SBS or getting something on ABC doesn't have the same push as a commercial. You, if your product's good enough, hopefully word will get out there and, mm. you know, you get the right people watching You it. see, that's why I'm surprised that, that there hasn't just been a flood, you know, that the people haven't said, oh my God, Foxtel are producing this great stuff. Let's get it. Why isn't every writer and producer trying to do stuff and getting out there? I don't know. I mean, mm. I really don't know. And all I can say is that if he's saying I'm surprised that people aren't beating down a door, I mean, we, maybe they, they are putting all their money into one project and that's very mm. difficult to get the balance right of them finding what they want to be making as well. I don't, who knows? They might have people beating down their door but yeah. just not find the right project or not with the right project. Well, yeah, it, Until it, now that I'm going there <laughs> and they're just going to start working with me. Can you, uh, can you tell us a bit about Like a Virgin? Uh, yeah, I can, I guess. With this working title, Like a Virgin, we're still not sure about it at the moment. But it's something that um, uh, actually Jess and Kirsty and I worked on ages ago. It was just, again, one of the little ideas. But the funding we got from Film Vic extended the f- a five-page Bible into a 17 or 18-page one. It's eight by half hours. It's about a woman that everyone she's ever had sex with in her life starts dying, you know, getting hit by buses and cancer. It's very cheery. Uh, <laughs> but we want it to be a black comedy, and the ABC are really keen as well at this stage, which is really good. So um, the uh, Television Writers Fellowship allows us to take that 18-page Bible. We'll do a four-day workshop, mm-hmm. just get some sort of great brains around the table, and then I'll write two episodes. So It'll either be six to eight half hours, which I'm really excited about being able to condense a story into that. Like, you know, make six or eight half hours really, really good instead of going, God, 22 hours, and then they all go for a drive. Well, uh, I'm going to bring it up again because I thought it was so powerful and so wonderful. The Surgeon, which was uh, six or eight half hours on Channel 10 and did... Absolutely nothing. Now, Channel mm. 10 did, did a really poor job of, of promoting it. I think those shorter run ones are better to... At the moment, they seem to sit quite well at the ABC. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just seemed, And ABC and SBS, people just seem to accept. Whereas, you know, to me, six half hours on commercial is just like... It, it's sort of hard to get your head around for some reason and for audiences as well. The Surgeon does seem like a real ABC kind of show it, to me. It did. It did seem like a real ABC kind of show. But Channel 10 had it. 
and they had the opportunity to you know renew it have another six or eight episodes the next year and build an audience on that it was obviously very cheap to make because the whole thing was shot in a corridor yeah so a channel 10 a channel 10 a wedding. yeah i guess again that goes back to what i was saying before about people having to change the way they think and i think that's not only audiences but networks need to figure out how to handle six to eight half hours i mean obviously you know i said i'm working on a new show at the moment that's 22 by one hour so obviously people at channel 7 go yes we can still do that we can still make that work so every i think there's it's a period of big adjustment because i think that we're getting up out of the slump that Australian drama was in, I think, slowly but surely things are getting made, things are happening again, you know, people are investing again. Do you think maybe the networks are a bit hesitant to put all their money and effort behind something that does only go for such a short amount of time? Like, I I mean, I completely see your point of view that 22 is just far too long, but at least they know if they put the time and the effort in, it will go for half the year. Well, well why? No, they but pull it doesn't. They pull yeah. it all the time. <laughs> they Look at Headland. Yeah. Look, look at all the, all the money and effort they was put into the Headland. Secretary oh, was a secretary. pilot. Two, they shot two pilots, I think, or they shot one and reshot it. And but and yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm to this day amazed that Last Man Standing even they finished all the episodes. They ran them all. You know, mm. I mean, we got moved to later and later time slot, but they at least it finished. Yeah, they just don't. It's such a terrifying environment. I mean, we were our time slot changed in the third or fourth week. I mean, that's just not. They they get so nervous. I think well, if you're that nervous, don't invest yeah. in such a long run. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there was a long delay actually getting that to air, wasn't there? Yeah, we had some weird thing, but that could have been the New Zealand thing as well. I can't even remember. <laughs> so, so yeah, but, long ago. It's interesting also- with the US shows, though, with a lot of them, they do just do six to start off with to give it a bit of yep. a bit of time and then they ruin it by doing a 22-episode series yeah. like What About, what about Brian? Brian? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that would seem to be a better way to do it, just do six to start well, off Well, I hope it. so. But, again, like Josh was saying before, they've got to know how to handle it when they yeah. do, especially the commercial networks, I think, got to know how to handle it when they do have six to eight half hours. How do they promote it? How do they support it? Are they Do they have more ready to go, you know, What's the down period? I think that's it's all very new. It's I guess it's like television being invented for the first time. People still aren't sure of the timing of things and how long to wait till they make the next ones to show it. You know. And yeah, I think I think it's going to be fascinating to see in the in the coming years if the networks actually say yes, this is the direction we're going to go in, or if they cower away and end up losing you know a, a fantastic audience that yeah, they could get. Yeah, you're right. I think they've got a chance to get it right now. It really is. It's Nothing is set in stone. I think it's still very tentative, but they do have a chance. But while the commercials are doing that, SBS and ABC are, are setting up uh, time slots like 10 o'clock on Mondays on SBS where you do have this good programming coming through. Uh, so you're, you pretty much always know that if you tune in at 10 on a Monday night on SBS, it'll be something worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas but- the commercials, there's nothing that that's uh, that's solid. They get so nervous as well about the money. I mean, that's uh, the ABCs like that. Wednesday nights on the ABCs yeah, are cracking exactly. night as well. You're, you're absolutely right about that. But I think it's just about finding the winning formula of the two or three shows because that used to be Spicks and Specks, a glass house, and. Oh, new inventors or Einstein factor? Yeah, or one of inventors those. was at the start. Yeah. Okay, yeah, inventors, inventors. specs and glass house. Yeah, yeah. So they, I think that was when they start getting the ratings run there, and the ABC and SBS go are smart enough to go. Well, great, let's just keep the night and get something tonally right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Whereas the commercial networks tend to go, great, we've got the audience. Let's try out this new show yeah. and get them because they're stupid enough that they'll just keep yeah. tuning in. Let's well, you know? Channel Ten's yeah. tried that. I mean, they. 
they try it in appalling ways, but they have tried that. Like last year, they had uh, the Wedge Real Stories and and Rove Live mm. uh, all on a Tuesday night because that was their comedy night. And uh, before that, I think they had a couple of animations, maybe Futurama and and, uh, and Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. I so that. you know, Ch- Channel Ten do try that, but they don't. They don't do it enough and have enough confidence in it. They don't, and they do it very clumsily, I think, and they do have that commercial, the death toll by saying, that, uh, sorry, the death toll by, by moving something, just taking it out, like you were saying, moving it to a Friday night and going, the audience will follow and we'll trick them by putting in a show that we need to get numbers up on because they'll just stay through to Rove or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the audience feel really cheated by that. And you know yeah. whose fault I think that is? The, Not we'll, mine. We'll move <laughs> the don't show. Don't start pointing the finger. <laughs> the comedy company. <laughs> the comedy company started at 9.30 on a Tuesday night. Yeah. And after six weeks, moved to Sunday at 7.30. Yeah. And not only did that audience move with it, but it gained a new audience. I think there are still network execs who look to that and go, well, it worked for the comedy company. God, if I am ever in a meeting with someone that says, well, it worked for the comedy company, <laughs> I think I'm going to end my career in television. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And on that note, Marie, <laughs> thanks so much for, for joining us on Box Cutters yet again. We love having you on. I love being on. Excellent. See you soon. All right. Are you one of those that follows the Follows the Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. With I Don't Buy It. Brett Cropley. I've actually uh, brought a bit of show and tell in for uh, I Don't Buy It tonight. Excellent. So let's listen. It's been a rough day. I put on my shirt and the button fell off. I picked up my shovel and the handle came off. I've got to tell you, I'm afraid to take a piss. What up to a fair go, Australia? Robbo here, first home buyer. Bloody sick of the big banks not want to have a bar of me. I don't have assets, a flaming big deposit, or a big set of fake cans. I do like sausages. I dig holes for a living, mate, and I work damn hard. I look forward to a long season of footy, a good Aussie barbie, and a game of backyard cricket. I've tried all the big banks. I've had no luck. How does a bloke get a start nowadays? I'll tell you how. Start finance. They gave me a fair go, and I got me a loan. To the pink tie, $100 haircut, cosmopolitan drinking mobile lenders that wouldn't even talk to me. You know where you can stick it. Fair up your yin-yang, China. Start finance, Australia. A real fair go. And remember... Keep your feet firmly planted on the ground. You'll have trouble putting on your pants. I'm not actually sure that I need to say anything beyond that. It's uh, just Robbo talking to camera in a bar with a drink in front of him, wearing his beanie, as the camera slowly zooms in on him with the uh, the occasional uh, switch to to uh, the barmaid and a couple of girls drinking uh, the barmaid when he's talking about not having big jugs. Um, the production on it is appalling. It, it sounded like it. It really did. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 along the lines of the uh, Radio Rentals ad uh, from a few weeks ago where basically it seems that, uh, oh, we'll give you money, we won't bother with the credit check, and uh, once you drop your first payment, we're sending around the boys to uh, break some kneecaps. Well, mm. it, it also bears a, a huge resemblance to the... Uh, there was a, a Canadian ad for a Canadian... The Rant. The, for I a am? Canadian, the Rant, yeah. I am Canadian? Yeah, which was a, a Canadian beer ad. Mm. Which uh, which got a huge response yeah. in Canada with the original ad. 
and then when they tried to copy it here, it just kind of yeah, it, was, it, was, it doesn't work because no. we don't care enough about anything. Yeah, <laughs> or also also like uh, the Sam Kikovich. That's what I was going to say. Like the ad. like the lamb ads. It's very much like that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but what? <laughs> like, no, I don't care that much about what some horrible. I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. Pub goer thinks about home financing. I'm sorry, I just don't. That's ridiculous. When when is that airing? I've, I haven't seen it. That was uh, during Letterman, I believe. Really? Yeah. So it's yeah, a, in, in between the uh, the text ads. Yeah, the text by the ringtone in the, uh, the uh, bikinis. In the How many freaking in... times can you watch the? camera pan up on that chick in the white bikini and the girls in so the think about Gold Coast apartment you yeah know, it's, it's, it's just horrible right so that's they've also started running ads for uh, Girls Gone Wild yes I've seen those yeah what for the videos mm. DVDs yeah. yeah buy them over the Girl, phone girls with low self esteem yeah girls <laughs> with low self esteem <laughs> oh that's terrible yeah anyway does it does it have the whole YouTube thing uh, no, no, this one's, uh, this one's done not. straight. Looks like it's in a, uh, a Sydney pub and uh, so sounds like a Sydney script to me. So mm. we're, we're in that bad state of affairs generally with our finances that they're pitching ads now to people who can't get finance any other way. And can't, like that. And can't fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> this is a big section of the market. <laughs> yes. And with 60-odd billion dollars of uh, credit card debt, obviously Australians need more. Mm. Terrible, just I terrible. I just don't buy it. Hi, it's Pete Smith. They're not really naughty boys. They're just box cutters going about their business. And part of our business is the... Uh, now I wish we got Pete Smith to do this. Maybe we still can. I'll, uh, I'll see what I can organise. But now it's time for the golden age of television. He would be perfect because not only does he have the perfect voice, He's from he there. was from... A golden age. He was from a golden age, and he's from this golden and age. Yeah, he's he's the golden age crossover. He is. Now this, you week, know what else I think we sh- we should have got him to say at the end. We should have got him to say Pete Smith speaking, and just had it at the end of the credit music. Oh yeah, that that'd be nice. Mm. That'd be nice. Uh, if, only, if only, if only. Mm. <sighs> Sorry, am I supposed to do a show? I just, <laughs> was just reminiscing. <laughs> now uh, the uh, the the two shows that we're going to cover today in. Uh, Golden Age of Television. Uh, I'm a big fan of both. One of these I have Ross to thank for. Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Carnival. Or Carnival. <laughs> well, see, I've got it written here. Have you brought in a pronunciation guide? <laughs> I've got it written here where it's C... Or is it a pronunciation guide? <laughs> C-A-R-N-I-V-A with a grab accent, L-E... No accent on the E. Mm-hmm. Can't be Carnival, eh? Must be Carnival. What if it had no E? It'd be Carnival. <laughs> Even with the grave on the A? Uh, no, then it'd be Carnival. <laughs> right, so we're talking about Carnival first. Excellent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fantastic show. A, a, absolutely magnificent show. The casting was superb. Uh, mm-hmm. Had Claire Duvall in it, who we've now seen in Heroes as mm-hmm. well, and uh, and can't get enough of her. She's she's a, a fantastic uh, 
young actor. Well, she's not so young anymore. There's something uh, oddly attractive about her. I'm, it's because sure she's hot. Maybe it's her freckles. Uh, it also had uh, the, the very wonderful Michael J. Anderson, who was the man from another place in Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh, excellent casting. Who, who I have to say isn't the greatest actor in the world. <laughs> no. So, so who did he play? He, he played, played Samson. The, uh, the, he ran the, the, the dwarf. Oh, he's the midget. Mm. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, it was created by Daniel Knauf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rossi was saying that his original, uh, his original concept was three times two series. So kind of yep. a trilogy of two series each. Yep. And, uh, and yep. unfortunately... Three it, books, each with two volumes, in, in his words. And unfortunately, it it ended with uh, it ended at the at the end of the first book. Yes. Now, now without wanting, and the next one was going to take up ten or twelve years down the track. Now, without wanting to give anything away, I this is both a blessing and a curse for this show. I think it, it's it's very disappointing if if you're into the series and you get to the end, it is disappointing to think you'll never know. You'll never know. But if they hadn't have thought there was going to be more, they wouldn't have ended it in the way they did. Yeah, that's true. So I think the ending wouldn't have been as strong and as powerful if they had have, if they had have just said, well, this is it, let's tie up all our loose ends. Oh, they all lived happily ever after. Be- because it really does end on an oh, my God scenario. Yeah, yeah, uh, very much so. And, and I really don't think they could have, they could have sustained no, that. I think- uh, if they'd known it was, if they'd known it was the end, I think you're you're entirely right. Now, one of the great things about Carnival, I mean, the way it's shot, uh, the the way it's edited, the way it's written, these mm. are the the stories that we're thinking of when we think of this golden age of television. The, They're stories that don't ordinarily get told on television. The special effects, yes, low key special effects, but but very well done. I'm thinking of the opening episode where uh, where he. Uh, for those who oh, don't the, know, the, the lead coins. character is is a healer, and he heals a little crippled girl. But when he heals, his healing power takes life from other things, and you just see the cornfield around him just wither. just slowly and the, wither. The life I mean, be sucked out of it. It's it's Was just that an amazing not the third or fourth shot. Episode. Pretty sure that's the end of the first episode, but I could, I could be, I could be in, wrong. In the very first episode, there is that scene where uh, the old woman uh, starts spewing coins. Yeah, yeah, uh, like actually vomiting coins. It's just yeah. amazing stuff as as far as that like goes. Like some kind of deformed pokey machine. But, but it's, it's but set it's around this... uh, all these sideshow characters, and so you've got you've got uh, mystics and and mm. kind of very very strange uh, goings on. And and it and, and it uh, also. And focuses on a good versus evil huge battle. Yes. Uh, and so these kinds of themes and the and the characters that we see are not the characters that we ordinarily see on uh, on television. And so Carnival definitely fits into this golden age of television. Yes. Well, I I would say it's up there with uh, with probably my top three or four of the last few years. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's right up there, and and I I would recommend if you haven't seen it, you can easily. Uh, it is available. Uh, it kind of goes up and down in price a bit, I've noticed, but it is available if you get it at the right time. You can get uh, both series for thirty dollars, which is fantastically so reasonable. Does for, that depend on whether it's in season or not? Uh, it's you know. You know JB prices, which are just kind of schizophrenic and don't seem to have any bearing on anything else. You go into JB one day and, you know, half the shop's on special and it's all selling for $9 and then you go in the next day and it's $56. Mm-hmm. Same with Sopranos. 
I got all my Sopranos for $30, went in a couple of weeks ago and noticed that every series is for sale for $90. Yeah, which, it's, which could be about the buzz about it because it's ending in the states. Yeah, uh, but yeah, mm. it's, their pricing makes no sense. But you just have to luck on to to a great bargain. I did the same thing with Futurama. I know you spent uh, a whole lot on on your Futurama. Collection, I did on the I? first few. I got wise by the last few, and I, I really lucked onto it at you mm. know three dollars each or something <laughs> r- ridiculous like that. Yep. The second show I want to talk about, which has never, uh, I don't think, actually been released on DVD in Australia. It is available in the states. Uh, but was very expensive when I first saw it at, uh, I think, a readings bookshop. It was something like $180 for the first season. Oz. Mm, no, I, I never actually I never actually got into Oz. Lots of people have told me over the years what a fantastic show it is. But so, just, what just, was it about Oz? Okay, well, firstly, it, it was about a prison. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a specific ward in, within a prison called uh, Emerald City. Emerald City. Uh, mm-hmm. And and the, the idea of this ward was it was it was kind of a, an experiment of giving prisoners certain freedoms uh, in the hope that it would help them become better people in in the long run. Stuff uh, like being in in perspex pods rather than with bars on the the walls of their cells. Uh, you know, having television access and uh, and being being able to walk around outside the cells quite regularly and. Uh, all, all those sorts of freedoms, but the the thing is, it fails, and it fails quite obvious, obviously quite early. Uh, the great things about Oz were, were that it would show prison life as I would expect it to be. You know, the sorts of things that we saw uh, in the film Chopper, mm-hmm. uh, th- those sorts of going on, goings on, but every single episode filled with sodomy and murder and uh, just and new inmates coming in and being gone by the end of the episode yeah you you wouldn't you wouldn't know if like you'd get to to know a character and really like a character and then suddenly they would die for no good reason whatsoever uh and you just go what do we do now but obviously this is how the creators saw prison life uh oz ran from 1997 to 2003 Mm mm-hmm and essentially, it was it was the story of a power struggle between these groups uh, within within Oz within Emerald City. Um, so the blacks and the Muslims and the whites, the neo Nazis, uh, the Hispanics. Did you say the Hispanics and the Italian Americans? Okay, uh, and a, a fant- again, a fantastic cast of just supreme actors who uh, uh, who keep popping up in in lots of things. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. especially especially Law and Order. Uh, and lost franchises, and also and also lost, and uh, and uh, how how Perino, who played Walt's dad in, in Lost, uh, was was in it, but uh, he's kind of like this. His his character, the the episode always starts with him basically as as a narrator, and which I found quite uh, almost Shakespearean in the way that it sets up each episode, and it it talks about he talks about. Uh, about concepts and then it's kind of like then we move into emerald city and we see it at work yeah uh, so in the microcosm there well and that's that's exactly right oz did do that it did did fulfill this kind of what we see going on in emerald city and in the uh in the, the penitentiary as a whole uh is also what happens in the outside world but in a much more concentrated way mm. just Superb drama. Uh, I mean, you, you really have to have the stomach for it. It is very violent mm-hmm. uh, and, and very shocking. 
Where pulls no punches. First screen on HBO. On I'm HBO, assuming. I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, was created by Tom Fontana, who hasn't really gone on to, to do all that much. But uh, that reminds me, with Carnival, I mean, last week we talked about with Larry Sanders' show how a lot of their writers went on to, to do other things. There is uh, one writer from Carnival who's gone on to do quite a lot of stuff that we respect, and it's Dawn Prestwich, who has gone on to work on both The Riches and Brotherhood, okay. as well as Battlestar Galactica. A lot of people from Carnival went on to work uh, on Battlestar Galactica, which also goes to show how good the writing is on Battlestar Galactica. I mean, it, it is really very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, those you don't see them as being similar shows at all. But no. uh, the writing in, in Battlestar Galactica is very good. And, mm. you know, obviously they learnt a lot from, from what they did in Carnival. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the cast on Oz clearly learnt a lot from working on Oz because they have managed to pull that out and uh, in in a time when a lot of actors just do not have ongoing careers, we do see these people popping up continually. They are very good at their craft. Worth checking out. Uh, mm. Both Oz and Carnival available somehow. And also uh, Oz is responsible for making George Michael from yes. Arrested Development. Scared of prison. Terrified of prison. <laughs> After he uh, tuned in late one night expecting The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so that is the golden age of television. About a million billion letters to get through because we didn't, we haven't done it for for such a long time. And Ross is doing all of them. No, no, no Josh, no. Josh, I've, do some. I've got some printed out. Do, do, you, Ross, want, do you want me to hand over some no, to you? you, you got, I'm assuming you're going to do Kerry's. Uh, I've got Kerry's I, here for you. I, do you want to start with that? Start with <laughs> Kerry's. Kerry Boxcutter writes. Read the subject. I still love you guys. That was it. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks, Kerry. We we still love you too. That that uh, fulfills Brett's contractual obligation to you to read out everything. Actually, <laughs> actually, I might be having lunch with her on Wednesdays, so so I'll make a note of everything that she says. So I can <laughs> pull back. Just just surreptitiously record the entire conversation and put it up on the blog. Yes. That would be great. We got a uh, letter quite a while. Uh, no, I think this one wasn't too long ago from Alex Boxcutter who uh, wrote to us to ask a question. He says, Now that the unit, house, lost, Jericho, life on Mars, 24, the office, Rome, Battlestar, Galactica, etc., etc., are all wrapping up... In the States. ...what's left to watch. Uh, and that is a good question. I've been, I've been thinking about that myself. I don't actually know what goes on TV there. It I'm presuming It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. We're going to get great things like, I mean, Entourage has just started uh, quite a long run. Uh, in it's, the it's only another nine. It's no, the I same as Sopranos. I think isn't it's. It? I think they've extended it to twenty. Twenty. That, that was oh, what so, it, that, it's, so it's not a nine. No, nine I'd, nine heard, I'd heard that they extended it. We've Fantastic. also got John from Cincinnati starting when Sopranos ends. Okay. Well, uh, what's is that? The that's the new David Milch. David Milch. Uh, okay. Thing about a, a surfer. Yep. Uh, so yep. you know, if you're a fan of Deadwood, clearly yep. you should. Uh, watch that. We've got uh, Big Love, second series of Big Love in mm-hmm. June, second series of Brotherhood in July, uh, two episodes of Studio 60 coming on this week. 
which, you know, watch at your own peril as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, plus, uh, in Australia, we've got, uh, we've got other shows starting up. We've got City Homicide starting up. We've got uh, a, a show called Underbelly, which Channel 9 are working on at the moment. Okay, now this this leads to another uh, email that we had from uh, Marky Mark Boxcutter. So apparently Marky Mark Boxcutter is does listen to Boxcutters, but I I can't vouch for the rest of the funky bunch. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're if they're listeners. Uh, what well, surprise given his his production job on Entourage that uh, he has time to listen to us? Yeah, uh, he does. It's in the car. He listens to it in the car. <laughs> yeah. uh, Marky Mark writes to us to ask if we have heard of a show called Notes from the Underbelly. I have heard of it. So this is different from the one you were talking yes. about? Yes. Underbelly is an Australian production. Notes from the mm-hmm. Underbelly is, I believe, a sitcom from the right. US or a, a half-hour one-camera show, maybe. Okay. Uh, now, I haven't I haven't watched any of it, but it was a mid-season replacement. All right. I tried to get an episode of this, and I was unsuccessful. So, um, so yes, we've heard of it, but no, we haven't watched it. Uh, he also wrote to us to ask if we'd heard of a new show or if we've ever talked about a new show called Skins. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I've never heard of it in my life. And I, when I found that letter again today, I went, oh, yeah, that's right. He asked about that show Skins. Now, what was that about? And realised that he didn't add any information about it at all. So, uh, I, Marky, think, he, Mark, I think he's just making it up. Uh, really? I think he just wants us to go, yes, of course, Skins, fantastic. And he catch us out. Uh, yeah, Marky Mark, let us know. Yeah, because uh, because I haven't heard anything about it at all. If you're trying to catch us out, you got to get up earlier in the morning <laughs> than that. Uh, a different Peter Boxcutter wrote in, oh. which uh, Pete, new Peter, you're going to have to uh, new Peter Boxcutter. No, because that implies that one's off. <laughs> new Peter, you're going to have to come up with a name. Cause he can be Peebo because Peter Boxcutter definitely doesn't want to be doesn't want to be Peebo. So Peter. Welcome to Box Cutters, your Peebo. Anyway, a, a couple of weeks ago we mentioned uh, TV shows named after a character, but he pointed out that we forgot the most obvious example, Valerie. Uh, Val- Valerie Bertinelli and her family. Were, were we talking was about it shows? Was that her surname? I don't know. No, I don't know. Were Harper? we talking about shows? That Valerie were, Harper. Yeah. Were, were we talking about shows? No, Hogan. That- was Hogan because then, then it became the Hogan. Yes, family. we were. We were because I talked about uh, how you know there was that season of Buffy where no one really cared about Buffy and they shouldn't have named the character after her. Ah, we were talking about Grey's Anatomy Grey's and Anatomy. how ah, yep. people are, yep. are, are bored with yep. the Grey character. Yes, uh, that's true. So uh, yes, uh, Valerie and which turned into Valerie's family, which turned into the Hogan family, uh, is probably the last. Which turned s- into Hogan's heroes. Yeah, not so little, much. Little known fact. Which and then, then turned into Hulk Hogan. Hogan turned up <laughs> and then with turned his into family. Hogan knows best. So oh, yeah. yeah, which turned into the Incredible Hulk. Ah, Hogan knows best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Valerie, uh, Valerie, which also starred Jason Bateman uh, as uh, as Valerie's son. What happened there was uh, Valerie, the the uh, main character uh, and actor, decided that she wanted. Something ridiculous, $100 to do another season. And they went, we can do the show without you. And uh, and then thought that they'd call it Valerie's Family uh, and uh, replaced her with someone else and then decided, well, that's not really working for us. Let's call it the Hogan Family and pretend that she never existed. And mm-hmm. then they did. Uh, the most Valerie also uh, featured the most unlikely set of fraternal twins ever in the history of the world. Right. It's, uh, that's is, is that in the Guinness Book of Records? 
Uh, so why not? Okay. Cat uh, Brain wrote to us to say she saw that Big Love is coming on soon and thought that perhaps we hadn't mentioned it. We have mentioned that Big Love is coming on, uh, but it's worth mentioning again. Sunday nights. On Sunday case. nights, I believe. It's studying. I think the ads are still saying coming soon. Uh, another great HBO show, definitely worth getting on board with. And we got an email from a David Boxcutter, who's another new listener, who says another one who doesn't actually watch watch television but uh now listening to our show feels like they're not missing out on anything which, which is, is it's, I, it's lovely i love that i love i love the idea and i've unless, spoken to, unless, to a number of people unless who've... we make television sound so bad he means that well i listen to your show and i just think well i'm not missing out on anything bother. but I've, I've spoken to a number of people who listen to our show and then feel that they can go to dinner parties and, and, and talk knowledgeably about what's on tv yeah i love Excellent. that as, as an idea yeah uh, we're like what the catch-up should have been <laughs> Uh, we have a uh, a question for Ross from Daniel D. Boxcutter and the Lady D. D. Boxcutter. You see, this is interesting because I, I knew of Daniel Boxcutter, but I didn't know of the Lady D. D. Boxcutter. Right. Yes. Well, they uh, they both uh, they both say this one specifically for Ross. We've noticed that over the last week or so, there has been no weather presenter on the ABC Nightly News. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Where is Paul Higgins? Cost cutting? Paul's just on holidays? What? Well, Ross? Because he's still not back. Well, I, I, I would just like to say uh, this is very lazy on the, behalf, on the part of Daniel D. Boxcutter. Do your damn research yourself. <laughs> I'm not here just to answer your foolish questions for you. Yeah, we are. Get off your ass and actually work it out yourself, Daniel Boxcutter, if that is your real name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding, Daniel. So, so you, uh, you, you don't have you don't have an answer for it. And that's, I, that's, I don't have no. an answer for him. I, I, have I, have you bit, tried calling the ABC? Yeah, you've, you've only had three weeks to do it. Has what you, Daniel tried calling the ABC? What, he can't. <laughs> what are you doing? All, you're just watching Mums and Bubs all day. So. <laughs> well, no, I, I have to say that I'm um, I'm actually missing the channels. Uh, missing the Channel Two weather at the moment because because uh, the news presenters don't do it as well. No, because uh, I'm usually either bathing the little man or putting him to bed around that time, and oh. so I'm actually. So that's why I apologise, Daniel Boxcutter. I'm a bit antsy because I am missing the uh, the ABC weather. Aren't uh, you taping it? No, <laughs> no, Deirdre's always got some rubbish or other being taped. No, uh, but uh, I, I. Uh, from my my quick bit of uh, looking into it that I did, I I, I would say holidays. <laughs> <laughs> the the quick nothing looking into it. <laughs> no, he's still writing his occasional blog. Right. He does a weather blog on the uh, on the ABC website. Okay, that's uh, but he only what does, does he write that about on that? <laughs> weather. <laughs> Lots of sticks in the street today. Must have been windy. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a blog now. Um, yeah, but he only writes that periodically. But he was missing around this time last year as well, and they didn't bother to replace him then either. So uh, I, I assume it must just be holidays. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Daniel, I, I can't, I can't Did let they, you know any more than that. Because Red Simons was doing it at one point. Really? Yes. On the ABC. Oh, that man has done every media job possible. Oh, Okay. Yeah, no, I I'm don't not know. sure if that was around about this time last year, but it kind of you're feels not, like a year ago. You're not confusing mm. the the ABC Melbourne weather with keynotes, are you? No, 
<laughs> he didn't do Keynotes. No, what, what that did was he do? Richard Wilkins. No, he, he, he did do, uh, he did uh, Shafted. 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 Uh, Max Boxcutter writes to us to say lots and lots of, uh, lots of suggestions for us for how to make the show better. Uh, one of them is he'd like a top five. He doesn't really say what. He'd say a top five would be good. Right. So, um, so we'll get on to that. And he maybe also, it's like uh, the golden age of television. He, my, he, my, maybe, well, maybe we've been doing it for the last. He, two weeks. he also said, interestingly, he also said, just last, uh, just started listening to your podcast four days ago, and have gone through the shows when I've had time to kill. And unlike other podcasts, I don't regret it at all. Then later in the email, he says, "And can you do a rant about Fox and how stupid they are for replacing Arrested Development?" So I think he's listening to old episodes. Yes, yes. He'll I, think, get... I think he's a bit behind at the moment. So he'll, he'll get to a point where we do all those top fives. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, he's, he's going to get to the uh, special Christmas editions yeah. and wish and rue the day <laughs> that he suggested we do a top five. He also wanted us to uh, swear profusely and put the word fox in the middle of it. So, um, yeah, that'll be coming. Some stage. At, at, at some stage. <laughs> Maybe if you just, uh, Max, if you just send us your, your phone number, uh, we'll just we'll just call you and do that. That could be quite easy. Is that uh, the end? There's, of there's one, one more. more. This uh, this goes back quite a long way, uh, but uh, this was a little beauty from Chad, who was I think our first ever letter writer, and he keeps writing, which yeah. is which is fantastic. Bless Chad, coming up with with great ideas. Uh, this one was around the time of the World Cup final and the Biggest Loser finale. And he suggested that they should have uh, they should have handled the World Cup a little more like they handled the uh, the Biggest Loser, and uh, Australia after they'd won were the last team standing on the pitch, and then suddenly the side gate swings open after a break and lots of recapping and voiceovers and stuff, and all the ejected teams <laughs> come walking back onto the <laughs> onto the field for one last match. <laughs> I thought that would have been a, a great way to finish the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Although that would have taken another eighteen weeks. Yeah, that's that's true. Was it also Chad that wrote this week saying that it was Jeremy Piven that plays yes. Harry Gold? Yes, yes, and that, uh, is, uh, that is true. And uh, he's also the one that uh, enjoys the little giggle like girls at the end of Marek's ID. Yes. Oh, way to out him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's letters to box cutters. Hey, um, when I cast my pod. It's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Just some unfinished business. We were talking about uh, cheap shows that you can get at uh, JB Hi-Fi amongst other places. Yep. Uh, I managed to pick up seasons one and two of The Wire for about 25 bucks each. Oh, that's pretty really good. Really a, a bargain because they've been up at around 90 for for quite some time. So wow. uh, if you've heard us talking about The Wire, if you've heard other people talking about The Wire and you want to check it out, now is the time to do so. It's really worth your while. Has Series 4 just of The Wire just begun in the States? Uh, quite. No, Series 4 has just finished in the States. Uh, series 3 still hasn't been released here on DVD, I don't believe. I came uh, across a, a page over the week, uh, somebody giving a very potted uh, catch-up on Series 1 to 3. For me, Series 2 is the money shot. It, it's just superb, so definitely worth checking out Series 1 and 2. But I'll okay. put a link up to that on the blog. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. Also, Brett, last week uh, I mentioned Jason Stevens. You said you were thinking of the guy... 
He was lead singer of a band. Glass Onion. They did Glass Onion. And Crash Opera. uh, And then, so what ended up happening was we both understood that you meant John Stevens. But just going back through that kind of thought process, the band that actually sang Glass Onion was the Beatles. The band... Uh, the band you were thinking of was Boom Crash Opera. They sang a song called Onion Skin. Yes. John Stevens was the lead singer of Noiseworks. <laughs> okay. But still, everybody followed you. We, we understood exactly what you meant. Everyone I, won. I don't understand how that works, but I was listening back to it during the week and going, hang on a second, none of that makes any sense. And you pick that little slice of the show to pick on and say makes no sense when you've got last week you had 90 minutes of of such material no there was all that stuff with tom elliott made perfect, oh, that made perfect, perfect sense. sense yeah yeah there was at least an hour of, of nonsense <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, i wanted to say we we're talking to marik earlier about um mcleod's daughters and uh and that kind of uh, work choices awa thing very interesting the government has banned any use of the word work choices at all if you see well, the work if you see the work choices all the ministers have been memoed so that they don't say work choices again yeah, and so, and, but it's not like if you go out in the street and say work choices, somebody's going to come and arrest you. But uh, it, I wouldn't it's, be it's, surprised. It's no longer the work choices hotline. Oh, what is no, it now? No one, no yeah. one, no one involved with what was work choices is allowed to mention work choices. It's now um, workplace relations. And uh, what's the tagline? Know your position or something? Yeah. Yeah, something and, like uh, that. So, I mean, the government... Know your position sounds so much like know your place. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting that the government has just completely dropped the whole branding, which is... Because everybody knew work choices involved yeah. no choice at all for, yep. for anybody that signed one. Yeah, yep. but it's a, huge, it's a huge thing, I mean, for, you know, for uh, the biggest spender in advertising money in this country. And that's a, that's a huge turnaround. It's like McDonald's saying, okay... We're not going to say, I'm loving it anymore. Well, McDonald's have the, uh, the, the healthy choices, and they've, they've uh, rolled that back. And now it's just health food relations. <laughs> Speaking of uh, campaigns from the biggest advertiser, uh, last night being Sunday night, marked the beginning of two new government uh, authorised campaigns, one on the Know Your Position, and uh, there was another one that made me angry, and I've blocked it out. Okay. Uh, was, was the second one, Poor People Have No Rights? <laughs> um because that's going to be huge for this election campaign, I believe. It, it is interesting that uh, that no, it wasn't. <laughs> that Kevin Rudd has come out and said that he will ban or essentially try and ban that kind of advertising if yes, he gets into yeah. power. Uh, and, and any and anything about freaking time, anything over anything over, I think it's uh, a certain small amount of money will have to go through uh, an independent auditor general. Yeah, something, something along yeah. those oh, that, lines. That that would be very good. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Uh, for those who aren't keeping up with the website, of course, once the Liberals get back in, they'll just change. For that those who uh, aren't keeping up with the website, Veronica Mars and Jericho have both been canned. Uh, it's sad. It's sad for Veronica Mars. Not so sad for Jericho. Yeah. Well, apparently, because Jericho actually comes back on. 
Friday night. Friday night, nine thirty in the uh, in the Friday night dead slot after uh, Friday oh, night live. After after everyone's turned off. Yeah, from well, uh, from the Big Brother kids, you know, throwing cream pies at each other. Yeah, and that that really has been a terrible slot for Channel Ten. They haven't found anything for it. Things just go there to die like Veronica Mars went there to die several times uh, they, they can't find anything for that so it'll be interesting to see how Jericho does uh, Robert Boxcutter has been watching and keeping up with Jericho mm-hmm. uh, and he was saying that unlike Lost even before they knew it was going to get cancelled you do actually get quite a lot of answers so if you are interested in Jericho you want to find out what's happening tune in for those episodes because uh, yeah you'll apparently find out who's dropping the bombs, who's on whose side, all that kind of stuff. Now, I have a question. Uh, Big Brother up late. When does late start? Uh, 9.30 on a Sunday night, apparently. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit cynical about that. Yeah, I really turned on at about 10 o'clock last night, so, so, Sunday so, night. So what do you think, Big Brother up early? Big, Big Brother. Just not up late, please. Big Brother. Hour and a half time. almost of Big Brother. Uh, 58 minutes of row, then more freaking Big Brother before well, and, the, and, the and motorcycle Grand Prix or whatever it was they showed later on. And it's the same with uh, Friday Nights, which has Friday Night Live, which goes for two hours plus an hour of drama, now being um, Jericho. Veronica Jericho. Veronica Jericho, yeah. And then two hours of up late or two and a half hours of up late. I think the, uh, I think the idea is that on Sunday nights... There's a lot to talk about after people have just been Addictions evicted from the show. So I think that the, that's why they've got that up late, ply them with alcohol on Fridays and Sunday nights and hopefully have people tuning in. Or, or not, as as the case may be. And uh, I, I must say that uh, with with the up late stuff, Letterman's actually been more consistent as far as uh, the time that it's on. Yeah. And I'm having oh, to good. reprogram my recorder. A For the first often. year, I'm so not into Big Brother. This is the first year yeah, it's been on. I'm same. Just, and you know what I think it is? We we record this show on a Monday night. And that's that's when nominations are. We don't see nominations. Nominations are, are the, the, the hub of so the it's whole all about Big the Brother experience. Be more specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all about the bitchiness and finding out where the politics is, and, and yeah, and who, who, yeah, who doesn't like who and why. And if if you don't have that, you know, you're not going to tune in for the bloody eviction show. Or... Except I know I know people who are into Big Brother and they're just not into it this year, and I I don't know why because they're not doing this show. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. That's true. Law of diminishing returns. Maybe. Mm. Uh, just, uh, just. Quickly, and while the music starts to kick us out of here, the uh, uh, we talked a, a couple of weeks ago about On the Lot, the Steven Spielberg, Mark yep. Burnett co-production. Yep. That starts this Wednesday night, the 23rd on Fox 8. Okay. So we're actually getting it, uh, it, it same day and Same day. And it is involved. You can call up from here and be involved with... Uh, with voting and, with the voting and, and all such. That so, kind of stuff. so similar to, to Rockstar. I think the follow-up, I think the lines are open for three days maybe and the... F- the follow-up episode airs at the end of the third day. Something. something yeah, I haven't, I haven't worked out how, how it works, but I'm looking mm. forward to, to watching it. I'll have a review of it next week. Mm, more compelling content from Foxtel. Yeah, it's, it's getting better and better. Brett? What, why Wonder, do you say to, why do you uh, say Because Brett, every time we talk about it, he just goes, I'm not compelled. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm not compelled. I'm he's still not. He is going to hold off. He's, he's going to be... I, I don't have Foxtel either. He's going to be like, yeah, but you used to have Optus. Like, you have no objections to it. 
No, yeah, the, that, that's true. That's uh, true. Uh, Brett, you, Brett is when I be had like, Optus, there was no content. <laughs> no, no reason to have it apart from MTV and wrestling. MTV and wrestling. That was about it. Uh, but oh, Brett, and it had the footy. Then Brett too. is going to be like like me with Strictly Ballroom. Um, I, I I hope to be the last person in humanity who's never seen Strictly Ballroom. I haven't seen Strictly Ballroom. Ah, damn it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's two things, Canal. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 86. Or would you believe the end of Box Cutters episode 86? <laughs> if you're just tuning in now, you missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much to our guest, Marie Hardy, for coming in and talking uh, all Fabulous about her, always. her life as a uh, you know, enmeshed in television mm. human. Mm. Uh, thank you also to 3 Triple R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. They're really good. And uh, Marie's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I did think that uh, I, I, I said to Marie, because we, we neglected, as we were saying goodbye, that uh, First Tuesday Book Club is on the uh, first Tuesday on the ABC at 10 o'clock and uh, also the Sunday following that, yes. which would be uh, that Tuesday. The following Sunday. The first week of June. The, yeah, probably the first or second Sunday of June. I don't, I don't have the number in front of me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you can... Uh, first Tuesday Book Club. I think people will figure it out. She's also on every other Tuesday on uh, 774 for the Conversation Hour as a co-host. Well, what, mm. While we're plugging things, I'll be doing the uh, TV reviews for uh, Radio National for the next four weeks on the Frank Kelly Breakfast Show, around uh, about 8 o'clock or How is just Frank? after. Not Frank Ellie. <laughs> Fran Kelly. Okay. It sounded like Frank Kelly. Make uh, make sure you uh, plug the show. I will. I will. <gasps> make sure. Did you guys see me do that on Sharp Bustin' Ladies? No, I didn't see it. No. I got sold off for it, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Uh, but what, still, what did it was you do? out there. What did you do? Boxcutters.net. Nice one. Were you interviewed? No, I, was, I got pulled up to, to uh, participate in the trivia challenge. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> and you and you gave it a bit of boxcutters.net. Nice work. Speaking of which, we might have Josie so, in so, as long as she's uh, free next week. So, which eighties band? Uh, boxcutters.net. That, that kind of thing <laughs> in the introduction. Ah, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... which was longer than the actual quiz itself. <laughs> hooray! Uh, speaking of which, you can email us hooray at boxcutters.net, uh, and also check out the blog at boxcutters.net. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week, same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there.